Thank you for tuning in to the First Gen Hunter Podcast, the go-to resource for those seeking to establish a foundation in hunting knowledge, skills, and tactics. Happy rut evening or daytime or whatever time you're tuning into this. It is uh, still the heart of the rut. I've been feeling kind of guilty. I don't know. I might do a bonus episode for you guys at some point here just to kind of give you like a little rut pick me up. Um, It's hot and heavy out there right now. I take all the back roads on my way in and home from work right now just because I want to see those bucks out there cruising. And I have been rewarded greatly. Uh, In fact... I saw an absolute giant. I mean, when people dream of coming to Iowa to, to hunt trophy whitetails, I saw that buck, whatever whatever that buck looks like in people's dreams, I saw that buck's dad uh, last, last Friday. One of the biggest bucks I've ever seen in my life, counting, driving, hunting, whatever, dead on the side of the road. He was just, this buck wasn't dead. He's just, he was a giant. And uh, I think I saw him again tonight in a very similar spot. So I dropped two pins on Spartan Forge, whipped a Yui on the gravel road, and went back to knock on the landowner's door. But they were leaving in their vehicle right as I was pulling up. And uh, then it was kind of awkward. And I think they probably, you know, because they live out in the middle of nowhere, they probably thought I was like, you know, scoping out their house to rob the place or something. So I was like, I better just keep driving. So I drove. And I got back onto this gravel road later from uh, a different access road because I saw yet another giant uh, last night on my way home from work, almost as big. And I wanted to go check that spot and see if he was still around. And um, I drove past those people uh, like again, like our paths crossed again. I was like, you know, what? I'm just going to try and flag him down. So I like rolled my window down <laughs> and I reached my arm out and start waving at him. And then I think they really were freaked out and they did not stop. So I'm going to have to, uh, try and catch them and, you know, try and make things better too. I, th- <laughs> I think, but, uh, it, it's, it's that time. And you know what? There's a little bit of a tip in there too, for listeners. Um, you know, you can't shoot a big buck if you don't know, where the big bucks are and uh you spend some time and you know take the long way home from work or to work in the morning get up a little extra early if you need to and uh, be driving during those those prime time hours and uh, you can get some really valuable intel but anyways that's not what we're here to talk about tonight i just wanted to address the rut because it is that time if something else is going on something that kind of hides in the background a little bit and that is bird hunting, upland bird hunting, even waterfowl hunting. Although I would say that most waterfowlers don't really, their their paths don't really intersect with with big game hunters. Whereas upland bird hunters, uh, a lot of those guys hunt deer, and a lot of deer hunters hunt upland birds. And you know they kind of those worlds collide a little more often. At least for me, anyways. I I own a couple of Britneys, and. <clears throat> I love to hunt pheasants here in Iowa, but uh, we are going to do kind of a totally unique conversation because we're going far, far from where you normally think about hunting upland birds. We're going to go all the way out to northern Utah, and uh, I was for a second there, I was thinking, Adam, that you might be the first, Utah, is it Utahian? Is that how you say it? Utahn. Yeah. Utahn. First, the first Utahn, but that that's not true. Um, I have had on here uh, Kendall Card from Black Ovis and um, Zeph Prina from My Medic. I think Zeph may have moved to Alaska, though. But um, both those guys are fellow Utahns. And uh, I'm going to, you know, the list of states that I haven't had somebody on from has got to be getting pretty small. I mean, this is episode 189, I think, that we're recording right now. So uh, obviously we get a heavy Midwestern slant, but um, we're we're all over the place. And tonight we're going to be in northern Utah talking about hunting upland birds. But uh, before we do that, 
Adam, can you, um, you know, what I've been following your stuff for a while, and the latest thing that just really popped was this incredible picture that you posted on Instagram. It was you guys were in some kind of valley, and you could see the snow capped peaks of the mountain range, you know, off in the distance. Beautiful. Uh, I assume it was native grasses growing down there in that that valley. Um, I actually work in the native grass business. Um, and uh, so I, I didn't look real closely what the species were, but I assume because you guys haven't had as much uh, terraforming as what we have here in Iowa, that I imagine a lot of your native plants are still intact out there. But can you just kind of describe you know, your, your landscape there where you're at? Yeah. So we're, we're in the northernmost part of Utah, um, real close to the Idaho border. Uh, we got the Wasatch mountains, um, mm. that, that range is where, uh, we're on the, the east side of that range. And so, uh, we kind of have u- unique, we have, uh, wetlands oddly enough in the high desert, uh, and these beautiful really? mountains. And so, uh, you get, you get a good mix. Uh, I, I watch elk out my back window in the winter. Um, and then you go chase, you know, ducks and, and geese, if you want a, about 15 minutes from the house. So it's kind of, you, you don't often think of that, but yeah, it's a beautiful spot. Uh, yeah, definitely. But, uh, not a spot that I guess I'd really ever would have, you know, like I'd never would have associated, uh, gun dogs in northern Utah. Are, are you guys like the only ones around doing that? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I'd say you know, out here, it's it's hard to find a pheasant. You can find a few, um, and you have to work work those dogs pretty hard. And then, uh, but a lot of guys up here will uh, are out here will chase chucker. Um, and so we're we're in the West Desert. Uh, if you you know, for my house, it's not far to the West Desert, and you can. You can get on, you know, some pretty good covey of chucker, and so a lot of guys That's will do cool. that. And then, of course, there's there's plenty of grouse to be had in the mountains uh, if you wanna if you wanna chase them there. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's awesome. You bet. So yeah, so there's 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 guys, you know, just like everywhere. There's 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 a few farms here and there. There's some clubs that guys can run their dogs on. And in fact, that picture that you were alluding to, uh, that we I I had taken some young men up that had never been hunting before. Uh, so we shot some skeet and and chased a few pheasants uh, on on the club is where that was at. But it's a it's a beautiful spot right on the Bear River. And uh, of course, anywhere out here, you, you just can't hardly turn around without seeing a mountain. And so it's hard to take a bad picture. Um, yeah, uh, yeah. But that pheasant there uh, was uh, was one of the first birds that those those two young teenage boys had had ever had ever, you know, worked with a dog and, and got behind and, and flushed and shot that sort of a thing. So pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. yeah very cool. And, uh, I got to imagine your climate is, is kind of interesting where you're at because you are close to the desert, but you also get the Alpine, you know, factor there to be in your mountains. And that can, even if you're not technically in the mountains and you're down in the Valley below the mountains still affect your weather. And, yeah. uh, so like what's the i mean this time of year mid-november is it snowy yeah we're getting a bit of snow in the mountains yep yeah about four or five thousand feet uh upward um we've had it hit the ground a time or two already um Mm -hmm. so yeah it's it's that time of the year it'll uh, those mountains will stay white here in the next couple weeks probably um but yeah 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 so it's you know it's dry in the in the summertime uh, low humidity and then and we get plenty of plenty of wet in the, in the, in the winter. So yeah, it's a good, cool. we like the seasons here. We get, we get four pretty decent seasons. Uh, fall and spring are a little shorter than we'd like, but <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's just a, I mean, it's not, it's a region of the world that I've just never really thought much about. I mean, you know, I've thought of Utah, but Utah gets, you know, well, I'm sure it's the same thing when you think of Iowa, you know, <laughs> corn and, uh, <laughs> more corn. Right. Um, but uh, in Utah, I always think of like Arches National Park or Bryce Canyon. You know, it's very arid, very crumbly, yeah. you know, kind of, uh, you know, 
look to it. But that picture that you showed was just, it, it painted Utah in a whole new light for me. It was very, very beautiful. And, and I definitely want to go out there and, and um, check it out sometime. You know what? I think there was one other guy that we, we had, um, uh, Rise and Shed, Weston from Rise and Shed. I think he was, I think he's also from Utah. Uh, so I should have thought of that because he talked about the mount, <clears throat> the mountains there. <clears throat> excuse me, quite a bit and uh, talked about some of the snowstorms that he survived out there. But <laughs> yeah. yeah, just a diverse landscape for sure. And uh, we should mention this is Adam uh, Madden from uh, Bear River Gun Dogs, uh, the page. Is that the name of uh, your business as well? That, or- that's, the, that's the Instagram. Uh, we we run a dog boarding facility as well. It's called Ellie's Pet Hotel. But, okay. So that's that's how we make a living. Yeah, that's cool. Very cool. And uh, dogs are pretty much your life. Um, so uh, we'll, we'll get into that, though. Get into the specifics of what breeds you guys run and some of the stuff you've done to train your, your dogs and and uh, how you get them out in the field and stuff. We'll, we'll get into that. But it might be good to talk about, just before we recorded, you gave me some background information. You grew up in Missouri, and uh, you said you got into hunting there while you're growing yeah, up. Yeah, I grew up on grew up in the Ozarks there uh, on the Missouri Arkansas line. Uh, my dad managed a cattle ranch, a couple of, couple thousand acres and so uh I grew up uh, of course, you know, bow hunting whitetail and turkey and uh, and then we uh, we had we always had uh you know, we always had beagles around, chasing mm. rabbits and even a coon dog or two, but mainly sure. we we you know, dad and I enjoyed uh, English pointer. We had an English pointer named tiny and, uh, we, we hunted Bob white, you know, and, That's and, that cool. so, and we did that for my whole, really my whole childhood until about the time I went off to college. And then for whatever reason, the bird population just really, really tanked. And so, um, I don't, I don't, you know, I haven't been, been there in a while, but I hear it's, they're far and few between, but oh, so yeah. anyway, that was my introduction into family and uh, time and and dogs you know yeah that's that's that sounds like an awesome foundation there you did you basically did it all (laughs) you know and and uh you mentioned an interesting thing too with so there's a couple a couple things that i think kind of go together in your story um again working in the native plant especially grassland uh ecosystem conservation world. Um, so I, so I guess you would say I am a prairie reconstructionist is kind of, you know, what my general title would be, but I've gotten to talk with a lot of quail experts and I think, um, of course, I don't know how old you are, but based on some of the, you know, like the, the time markers, the, the, the things that show your age and what you said. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah 45, 45. <laughs> yeah. So, so you would have been at like the very end of, um, like the good quail time, you know, the okay. very end of that. Um, and a lot of what I think that was from what I've learned was that burning was, like burning management practices ended when Smokey Bear came around. You know, that was kind of the unintended effect. You know, they were trying to raise awareness like, hey, forest, you know, forest fires, wildfires, these are really bad things that we do not want to have happen because they destroy so, you know, so much, which is true, right? However, fire the way ecosystems function, different ecosystems, forest ecosystems and uh, grassland ecosystems, they are adapted to having fire uh, at least somewhat regularly. And as a result, the wildlife, the native wildlife to those uh, ecosystems need it as well. And quail are probably the best example of a species that truly is dependent on you know good fire management practices and so what i would say is this is me speculating a little bit but in in an educated way right this is an educated hypothesis here um that 
whenever Smokey, I think Smokey came out in like the forties, maybe forties or fifties. And, uh, you were probably hunting at the very tail end of the benefits for the last era of management burning that would have been going on. And, uh, then another thing that you mentioned in there, uh, you guys hunted coons, raccoon hunting was, that was a quite a pastime from what I've learned. You know, like a lot of people were even around here in Iowa, you talk to guys that did some hunting, you know, 30, 40 years ago. Not that that's how long ago you were doing, I suppose 30, you know, probably 15. Um, you know, they talk about, yeah, we used to like to go coon hunting, you know, so-and-so had a dog or whatever, but I mean, that is all but, you know, extinct now. Um, there's just, there's so few of coon hunters left. And so, you know, raccoons are a terrible predator predator for upland bird species, ground nesting bird species. They raid those nests. They kill chicks. They, you know, they, they're destructive and their numbers have skyrocketed. Um, you know, it's one of those, those things, whenever the animal rights crowd, uh, comes up with, with their new idea, you know, about how they're going to, uh, treat animals better the animals lose <laughs> you know they yeah, right. they, they you know this push to ban uh furs or boycott fur use and and things like that um has led to some unfortunate consequences you know sorry my two-year-old saying good night good night helena <laughs> <laughs> but um the the unfortunate consequences in the case of of these ground nesting birds is that they they've been decimated by by these small predators. Sorry, I had to close the door yeah. there, everybody. Um, but but yeah, so so it's interesting that you were hunting and growing up around hunting at a you know kind of a noteworthy time. Yeah. Yeah. Boy, I'd say, uh, it, it was a blast, you know, and, uh, I mean, you know, we, we would go chase coons on the weekends, my cousin and I, and to make a little money, you know, a little gas money like that, cut wood and chase a few coons, you know? Yeah. Do you remember what, what pelt prices were for them at that time? I, I want to say they had really plummeted maybe 10, 15 bucks or something like that, you know? Well, still, I mean, it's five now. It's five dollars. Yeah. Okay. And yeah. <laughs> and you think about if that was, you know, we'll say if that was twenty five. Well, no, it'd probably be. Were you a teenager still? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sure. So yeah. we'll say thirty years ago. Think of what, you know, fifteen dollars was thirty years ago. Oh yeah, I'd buy you know? a lot of gas. Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. And, less than a buck a gallon for sure. <laughs> right. And so it, it illustrates the point perfectly because not only has inflation diminished the value of the dollar over the past 30 years. So your dollars were worth more back then, but you were getting paid three times as much (laughs) for a hide back then as now. So it's, it's crazy. I've heard of people that, you know, in the, in the late seventies, they got, there was that little fur boom there for, I think a few years, wasn't it late seventies, early eighties, maybe. And, uh, you know, guys were going out and hunting coons and maybe trapping some coyotes and a bobcat or two. And they were making a living almost, you know? <laughs> yeah, sure. You bet. And, and uh, it's just a shame, you know, it's, it's like one of those things that we quietly lost and, uh, you know, we can kind of just look back at now in the, and, and say, huh, that was kind of interesting. But I mean, how cool would it be? You know, how many people hate going to their job every day, but love, you know, you ever see those, those, uh, bumper stickers. It's like forced to work, born to hunt or something, you know, like that. It's like, (laughs) well, yes, you know, there, there's, there's some truth there for some folks, but Imagine if you could say to that guy, hey, you may not make as much money and you definitely won't get any uh, like, you know, 
healthcare and stuff like that, but you could make a living going and trapping raccoons all winter yeah. long, you know? <laughs> how, how is that yeah. not a better situation, <laughs> you know? But, you know, so it's it's an, it's a reminder to try and protect the things that we have now and and you know, see their value for what they are and try and keep them around for the long run cuz uh when they're gone, they're gone a lot of times, but uh, no, so that's that's really interesting. You ran English pointers. Do you run English pointers now? No, we got a couple of short hairs, um, and we got an English English setter, okay. and then we are, and we also have a a, a griffon, a wire haired pointing griffon. Okay. So, yeah, but those, those seem uh, to be surging in popularity. The griffons. Well, we we have really enjoyed her. She has been a uh, so. She's been a, a she's a great inside dog, hypoallergenic. Um, I've got a kid or two with dog allergies, and so we've never had a dog inside until her. Um, but it is true what they say about them: no issues there, no allergies for the kids. Mm. And and it, you know, they they really are. They they're kind of called the ultimate sportsman's dog, and they, I mean, she is uh, just she is great on the pointing side. And then she's coming along on 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 the waterfowl side, as you, you know. And, uh, they're kind of a neat. It's, it's our first Griffon, but uh, she's been a, she's been a dandy. So yeah, that's cool. Now, how how do you uh com- like if you if if the you know the ruler of the world came to you right now, <laughs> said Adam, you can only keep one dog. Which yeah. which breed are you keeping? Yeah, Ooh, that's a tough one. That's a tough one. Yeah, um, she's kind of my baby. But if I if I was just going to get one, I'd probably take the short hair. Uh, oh, really? It, it you just made you just it. made some serious enemies right there, buddy. I'm I, sorry, I, I led you into a trap. <laughs> no, that's good. And I, I, you know, those short hairs. If you're going to hunt uh, chucker out in these big wide open spaces, you know, think think mountains. So mm-hmm. um, if you're going to be hunting you know, these big hills, you, you got to have a dog like that. Um, and that, uh, that Griffon, she just, she doesn't have of course near as, near as much leg or stamina mm-hmm. as those short hairs. And so, uh, now if I'm just going to take a dog out to run pheasants where I know there's close cover or, mm-hmm. or I'm going to take somebody to a club or, or do some guiding, then I'll definitely take her. Cause she, you know, they just like, they're people dogs. They want to work close and, and please. So, yeah. Uh, and then that English setter, I mean, they're just, they're just pretty to watch, you know, they're just, Oh yeah. They're stuff. the show stoppers. Yeah, know? for sure. And my, my daughter had, so she studs him out. Um, and so that's why she had got him again, kind of like just a little business, uh, idea more than yeah. anything. So, um, but he, yeah, he's, he's a gorgeous dog and, and he, he works, works close with that Griffon as well. So they're, they're, that's actually kind of a nice nice pair to run together sure. um, now english cheddars they're pointers right or yeah. are they more flushers they're, they're pointers no, and, they're, the, and then the Grif- the griffon is he more of a flusher no or she? pointer yeah she's a pointer as well okay yeah. do you guys so oh yeah so we don't four, we don't four pointers flusher. yeah don't yeah. no flushers yeah, yeah i kind of run two pointers myself i have a Brittany, and then i have a Brittany spoodle um, which is half Brittany, half poodle. And, uh, we rescued, you know, the, the Brittany spoodle. She was, she, somebody got her for hypoallergenic purposes yeah. and didn't work out. I don't think anybody was hunting her at all. She was, she was still really a puppy when we got her, but she basically was in two homes. She was in her, the people that bought her. I guess three where she was, you know, born. And then, uh, some people bought her, turned her over to the, a foster home through the American Brittany, uh, rescue agency or I think is what it's called. And then, um, uh, we, we, uh, bought her from the, the rescue agency. Uh, but she, um, she has, pointer in her from from the uh Britney side of things however 
she can almost be kind of a flusher, which is kind of cool. And she is extremely talented. You know, people laugh at her like, what kind of dog is that? You know, uh, but, but man, she, uh, she, I don't want, I don't mean to hurt your feelings here, Adam, but, uh, she hunted with a finished GSP, um, last, last year at a preserve. It's my first time ever hunting a preserve and I actually really enjoyed it. And, uh, there were a couple times she put him to shame. I mean, he, she was she was lights out, and uh, you know it's kind of. But like you said, it's neat to cool. see how the dogs work together. And the Brittany, he's just straight up pointer, you know, and and yeah. uh, so it's 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 really interesting to kind of break it down. And you know, I remember Outdoor Life had this this thing where it's like the fifty best gun dogs of all time or whatever, you know. It's like when you read those things, it's like, man, this is all so arbitrary, you know? <laughs> right, yeah. And and really you have to go on an individual basis, even not just a breed basis, but an individual basis because you could have, you know, two pups out of the same litter. One's a great hunter and one's not really interested in it at all, yeah. you know? Uh, yeah. So. Yeah, their demeanor, it, it really makes a difference. Mm-hmm. Uh, For sure. So, uh, you, you're, you, you're boarding dogs as part of your business. Um, you're, you're, uh, selling some pups, which is awesome. I think it's great experience for your kids. It's good, uh, business experience for them too, which I'm sure that was, you know, being their dad, I'm sure that was something you had calculated into this decision to let them do that. Like, Hey, yeah, this is good education for you. But, um, when it's time to hunt, I always struggle with, because my male, he's getting a little older, a little fatter. He can't quite keep up, you know, with, with, uh, my female. And I, there's times that I'm tempted. I'm just going to go do like a quick hunt. I'm like, do I leave one of them behind? <laughs> and I can't do it. You know, how do you do that with four dogs? Do you guys bring them all? <laughs> well, yeah, we we usually rotate just just because yeah yeah if we're if we're gonna go out uh, to the Chucker Mountains or something we we'll, we might throw them all in but uh, if we're just staying close to the house we'll take one or two at a time and uh, yeah 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 it's it, it it gets hard to keep track of them if not so sure yeah, yeah but uh, some some of them I would say this I mean you certainly learn who works works better with with each other for sure. So, um, but, uh, yeah, so a lot of times when we're just doing short, you know, a couple hours here, a couple hours there, we're, we're really just, they're all young dogs. And so we're all, you know, we're trying to give them individual attention. Um, and then occasionally we'll put a, a set together and they can honor and do, do those kinds of things as well. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah I mean, there's only so much time in the day and we just, uh, I mean, we just, can't, we really want to, we got those dogs and we, we want them to be out doing what they were made to do. And so mm, I like so that just as, just as much as we can get them out to run. We, we want to, whether we kill a bird or not, that's really secondary, but, um, and, and probably even pr before running those dogs, so just, just us being together, um, you know, having, having a common, common love in that with, with my kids, I got a big family. And so, uh, even them, I got to rotate them, Ken. I can't take yeah, all. Yeah, that's true. Time. <laughs> so we're, if not, we're a force to be reckoned with, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you can cover some serious ground. <laughs> yeah, so we usually go in, you know, three or four. I take three or four at a time. and <laughs> That's good. Do, do the kids do some of the dog handling when they're out hunting? They do, yeah. Um, you bet. They'll handle the dogs. And, um, you, yeah, they're just – learning right along with me. Um, so, yep. Yeah, for sure. A couple of the kids have their own dogs for, for the, the business side of things. Once one has pups every year or two and, and one's a stud and, and that sort of thing. And so, um, <clears throat> yeah, so they're, they're, they're taking, they're, they're training their dogs through the day, through the week. Um, they, they, you know, they take care of them, work them, exercise, um, and then when we go out into the field, they're pretty well handling their dogs. So sure. You bet. So, uh, you know, one of the things I always, when I, when I take my dogs out with a, a somebody 
who I haven't maybe hunted with very much or at all, I'll be like, okay, just keep in mind, these are a deer hunter's bird dogs, right? <laughs> they're, <laughs> they're, uh, they're, there's definitely some training there, but they're far from, you know, a finished dog. They're not field trial worthy or anything like that. <laughs> you guys must have done at least a fair bit of training with your dogs to be hunting them so much and especially taking them into some of those places. Like I've heard chucker hunting, mountain chucker hunting can be just downright brutal. Um, a lot of, uh, you know, elevation gains and, um, just kind of a challenging bird to hunt anyways. Um, what kind of training, uh, you know, how do you, how do you get your dogs to a point where you can trust them in the field like that? Yeah, well, like a, my kids, Kent, are working with them every day, um, running them around the yard. You know, we got a we got about an acre here, so not much room. But you know, you turn off four of those dudes loose, and and they're off and running. So, and then we just we live right in the mountains. Um, so we, I mean, we go to reservoirs and let them swim, and uh, oh, we nice. hike a lot. And so they're, I mean, we, you know, it's it's pretty easy to get them in the hills. Yeah. Uh, and, and we need to more, but, but it, you know, for as much as we hunt, it works out pretty good. So some of these guys, I mean, my word they're um, we're, 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 we're novices, you know, amateurs really compared to some of these guys chasing Chucker, uh, their, their dogs. I mean, I, I, I just can't imagine how many miles they're putting on and the mm. elevation that they're, they're enduring. Um, so ours would be a little soft, you know, we can go out and run them four or five hours, um, pretty well but ours would be soft compared to a lot of these guys uh sure. that are that are hitting that really hard how many how many years are those guys getting out of their dogs that are hitting it real hard i mean are they burning through dogs every four or five years or i don't know i really don't ken i don't like you said there's i mean there are guys out here that are hunting uh certainly but there's not a mess of them you know mm -hmm. there's yeah so um uh I think a lot of them, when they wear out, they just kind of keep them close and take them to clubs or grouse hunt, um, find a few pheasants for them, uh, you know, that, that sort of a thing. Uh, I, yeah, I, 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 most of the guys I see, they, they they hunt them just as long as they can. They just have to back them off and get sure. off those, those chuckers. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I have limited experience for sure on that. <clears throat> Well, that's, it's still really neat that you're doing that. I've definitely had some friends express to me that that's something, you know, it's kind of a bucket list hunt for them to go out yeah. and, and chase mountain chucker. But, but, uh, you know, it, it's also interesting because I believe chucker are not native. Are they to, uh, North America? I think they're, uh, I think they're a trans transplanted species like the pheasant. Yeah, but, you're probably, <laughs> but yeah. Not but, sure. uh, you're also chasing a lot of grouse. Um, what, what species of grouse do you guys have out there? Uh, we mainly chase blue grouse. I think there's several okay. species, but, uh, yeah, those are the most readily available where we're at and you don't have to go too far to find them. Yeah. I, so I just did a bear hunt in spring of 22 out in, uh, Northwest Montana. So obviously very different landscape but i was shocked at how many grouse we came across in those mountains um is it kind of like that there in utah i mean like if you go out it's not going to be like oh i hope we see a grouse today it's like uh yeah we'll probably see 15 you know 10 15 birds is that more realistic i i think yeah you're right and and if you talk to guys that chase big game uh, and get deep into the Uintas and things like that, you know, uh, cover a lot of ground. They, I mean, they're, they're just stirring up grouse all the time. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. They're, they're fun to, you know, kick up in the dark. So. Yeah. Oh yeah, man. Can, <laughs> uh, my, my, uh, buddy, I can't remember. He was like maybe falling asleep that we were, while we were hunting and we were just sitting on this ridge glassing looking for bears and uh, all of a sudden, one of those things flew by, and I think he thought we were being charged by something because <laughs> it it was so loud. But uh, yeah, they they were all over the place. They were loud. 
Uh, we got to see them do some strutting and, uh, you know, the, the, just all their little unique characteristics that they have. So, so very cool. Do you guys get any, uh, sage grouse, uh, in Utah? Yes, there are. Um, I don't know that we've spent much time on them, but I, yeah, I'm, I'm sure there's plenty of sage grouse out here. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, we we hunt a little, you know, hunt grouse a little bit, but not. That's not something we're as familiar, you know, familiar with mm-hmm. for sure. Um, well, they're but, not doing well in most places, right? Sage grouse, they're kind of hurting. Probably so. Probably like most, uh, you know, partridge mm-hmm. and so forth. Yeah. 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 Our our numbers. I you know again Utah. We're not known for upland birds. I mean there are some for sure, but um you know they're limited i even a lot of guys out here uh, we uh we don't hunt hard enough to really make a dent personally our family sure. but you know guys that will will go out and limit you know like on a they'll just take one or two checker out of a cubby um just just to let them keep going um so that's yeah i mean again that's kind of where what it's like here unless you get real deep i think you get you know and into the wet, you know, the Western desert, um, you can find a lot. And, you know, those guys in Nevada, uh, even up in Idaho, those mm. guys are, they, there's, there's large, uh, you know, amounts of, of trucker, I think that are just thriving. <clears throat> so but that's a little farther for us. Sure. Yeah. 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 It's, it's fun to get, get a perspective of the landscape there, what it has to offer and, and uh what you guys even get to enjoy but you also do some waterfowl hunting too yeah that, last couple of years yeah is that That's just kind I've of uh is it just kind of like an add-on you know yeah if we have time we'll do that or do you guys are you guys starting yeah. to pursue that pretty hard too now you know i've got a couple of buddies that introduced us into waterfowl hunting um and we had we're we're in a oddly enough we're in a migratory you know a migration pattern here and so sure um a flyway within, or whatever within, yep within 15 minutes of where i i live there they flood flood the you know the wet there's wetlands and uh it's the you know it's there's just it's just an unbelievable amount of birds come through here and so so it's uh yeah i'm new i you know i grew up in southern missouri so i and not over in the boot hill where they have yeah bucks. that's pretty big water waterfowl country there isn't it never hunted before um and so i like it uh it's it's good for the kids for sure it's fun it's fun being out on that water and looking back at those mountains um and then we got this griffon now and so we we like it's just one more excuse Mm -hmm. to get that dog out um but we got a couple buddies and so that's you know that's why we do it we yeah it's good to pal around there Yeah, yeah definitely now what about what about big game i mean utah is is known for you know elk and mule deer and yeah um you guys might even have some antelope around don't you in a few yeah spots. yeah there are some yeah we we have not got into that uh kent I, I mean i grew up like i said bow hunting uh whitetail and when we moved to utah about a dozen years ago um we we didn't know anybody and so uh, it was, it's a much different world because there's a lot of public hunting. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, of course you have to apply for your tags and all of that. And that was just a much different world than what we're used to in Missouri. Uh, all private land hunting and really get great access to, to deer. And, uh, we were spoiled. That's what we were. And, yeah. and uh, so out here is just a lot more challenging. It, uh, my kids did, uh, a couple of my older kids drew out, uh, mule deer tags and, the area that we uh, that we drew uh, is about I don't know you know it's a couple thousand acres, and I didn't know it well. Probably should have worked through you know the landscape a little better. But a uh, couple thousand acres, and and you know there's probably you know it seemed like maybe a thousand hunters out there. <laughs> and so wow. that that out of you know I'm just uh, just being facetious, but uh, it there's a lot of guys out there hunting, and I just thought, man, this is this is uh, just right now, this isn't worth <laughs> this, it for me. <laughs> this is not good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So like I said, we were spoiled in Missouri and, and, uh, we're starting to meet some guys now. And in fact, a guy told me the other day that, um, 
I need to have my kids put in for mule deer tags, uh, just because he, you know, he, he guides and so forth. And so, uh, if you know some people we're we're, we're, you know, we're 12 years into being in Utah or Utahns. And so it takes a while to, to, to learn things and get the feel yeah. of things and, and to meet people mainly, I mean, the more, you know, the more people we get connected with through the dog boarding and so forth, we just have some good relationships. And so, you know, from, as my kids get older and have families that that'll change for them. Uh, and so, uh, yeah, so, so my, my kids do a little, they, they shoot bows a little bit and things like that. Oh, very nice. So they're, you know, uh, but, but yeah, so then, then we got these dogs. And so it's like you said, uh, you can either, you can either deer hunt or you can, you can chase birds. Mm-hmm. Usually. <laughs> and so, so that's what we're doing. Yeah. yeah. Just pick one and running with it. Oh, I love it. I think, uh, I think it's probably smart, especially with as busy as you guys are with the other stuff you have going on. You can, you can't do it all. And <laughs> And so I think uh, better it's better to like really pour your interests into one category, and then if you have the time to spend it in another one, sure, great. But yeah, I think having that hyper focus is is a good, and I think it's really good for the dogs too. You know, like it, they're gonna be getting the work that they need to be, you know, become a great asset to you while you're hunting would you agree with that you bet yeah you bet so they're they're definitely our niche um and it's this has been a beautiful mesh for our family um so that it it just maximizes our time together all the way around yeah yeah i love that that's that's great and it's awesome that the family can all participate together and even even to the point of raising the the next generation of dogs you know so that's 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 definitely a a cool thing for sure. Dogs so, have a great way of, uh, they have a great way of connecting. Um, yeah. Whether you're, whether you're running gun dogs or not, but, uh, it is a, the, the relationships that we develop with these, you know, when we sell pups and so forth, those are just really, uh, we just, we're really grateful for those. Um, you know, it, de- it definitely kind of melds you into a community and, um, you just keep good relationships and it's fun to watch a dog grow over a couple of years, you know, and, and for your kids to stay connected, you know, mm, to the, the yeah. situation. And, uh, and so because we, you, you talked about living in, uh, you know, the, the family farmhouse, so to speak. Mm-hmm. So we're all of our family originally from Southern Utah or S- Southern Missouri. And so, um, we're sort of putting roots in, in a new area, right. And here in Northern Utah. Yeah. And so the, you know, for us, uh, relationships are building relationships are really, really important. So dogs, I mean, oddly enough, man, dogs have, uh, just really facilitated that in a, in a pretty neat way. And I think it'll, so, you know, in a generation or two, our kids will just know a whole lot, a lot more folks and be more engaged and, and know the, know the landscape and, um, yeah, just be able to enjoy it well yeah i like how you have that forward focus for your for your kids to take over you know it's something that that uh i guess i don't really get concerned about it because i think i've already accepted in my head that my kids may not really love hunting like i do like to 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 be passionate about something is not something you can will yourself into you know it's like you you kind of either have it or you don't but i think you know we can influence our kids to be interested in stuff that's good for them to do you know and and so it's you know trying to walk that line of not being the overbearing parent that hey you know i love this so you love this too right you know (laughs) <laughs> right, almost yeah. like the you know the the uh terrible uh you know sports parent that's trying to live right. vicariously through their kid or whatever yeah it's just um <clears throat> but you know yeah, that's a great it, point that's a great point can't yeah 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 if we if we set it up for them you know and and allow them to kind of discover it and find it themselves then i think you know there's a better chance that 
if they're going to want to pick it up. But it sounds like your kids are already doing that. I mean, they're raising dogs. They're handling them while you're out in the field and, and everything else. That's, yeah, that's that's uh, that's a really good sign that they're probably going to keep hunting birds, you know, long after they're, they're uh, out of your house. So that's uh, – Something Either that, or they'll be sick and tired of them. One of those. That's two. right. <laughs> they'll be like that person who knows everything about something, but they never want to talk about it. Right. You know, yeah, yeah. and then it, and then it like randomly comes up in conversation. Oh, that's a blah 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 blah. How yeah. on earth do you know that? You know, that'll be it'll be like their little uh, you know conversation icebreaker or something, I suppose. But yeah, no. odd facts, right? Yeah. yeah, that's right. That's right. So, um, with with the training of the dogs, uh, you mentioned you do obviously a lot of physical training, getting them in good shape, which I think that's that's something that's really overlooked by a lot of dog handlers is, you know, hey, I need to be getting this dog in shape, myself included, you know, so yeah. that they can they can hunt more effectively when the season comes. Uh, but, uh, I mean, like, do you really insist on your dog's you know, being, being able to know a certain number of commands, um, I guess how, how crazy do you guys get with it? Do you, do you, um, you know, really go in deep or do you have a couple of basic things that anyone can apply? Yeah, no, no, no. I, uh, we, we, we think they, they definitely need exercise, um, and, or they'll just drive everybody crazy, you know, for Mm, one. So they need exercise. Um, and then for us, it's really just basic obedience. So we, we just want them to, to mind well. I mean, as far as, um, especially on those collars, we want we want to be able mm. to guide them, you know, uh, yeah. left and right. And uh, we want them to be able to hunt close or we could push them out. And so for us, it's just really basic uh, on that. You, you bet. Um, I mean, we, you know, on that, uh, that Grafon, we need to, we place train with her. So we'll, you know, we're watching a movie on friday night uh we'll put her on a you know on a place training mat or whatever oh that's a good idea that's a good little good little tip yeah so things like that uh yep we're we're kind of just piddling around with them all the time um and yeah uh i would say yeah there's nothing outside of that other than we we just we want to get them on birds so yeah i mean i know a lot of guys are like wild birds wild birds wild well we don't we don't have readily act you know uh ready access to wild birds we have to really yeah. work get those and so for us uh i'll buy three or four birds from the club and and just take a dog out and we'll just work that way you know and so mm-hmm. uh so we do we try to get them on birds um but for us it's not always wild birds um sure but i've just always i've just I just, you, they just need birds, you know, <laughs> they, yeah. as much as possible. Um, I, 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 that's just a personal opinion. I, uh, it's probably just common sense, I guess, but, um, but early, as early as we can, whenever, you know, like, uh, I think it's legal for places here to, to start farming out birds like September one, and then it'll go almost to early spring. And so we can really work our dogs, you know, outside of, regular hunting seasons quite a bit. So, you know, we're getting five or six months, you know, nearly worth of work. Uh, wow. You know, um, and so we'll, we'll get them out once a week, twice a week. Um, yeah. So sometimes they're getting a bird or two, sometimes four or five, you know, but, mm. um, but yeah, so that's kind of our rhythms, I guess, for, um, for those, those dogs. And in the summer, you know, they're just doing, you well, I might, I got irrigation water. Oddly okay, enough, yeah, yeah. The water's the irrigation water is a big deal. So you'd see on our Instagram, we can flood, we can literally flood half of our yard and, uh, and water. And so those dogs get a lot of water time. And, um, so yeah, they're just around people all the time. Yeah. That's, that, that's helpful. Sounds like you guys have found a way to do a lot of good common sense training. Like, Hey, this is what I want my dog to be. And, uh, these are some, you know, things that are going to work. And, you know, I think that that is, that is the right expectation. Almost like, you know, some, some, uh, coaches 
Well, so let's take this back to sports. Some coaches know how to um, just like say, hey, this is the guy that I have, you know, on my team. Uh, he's not an elite, you know, we'll <laughs> talk about a quarterback. He's not an elite passer, but he doesn't turn the ball over very often, you know. Okay, let's build an offense around that, you know, or this quarterback can't throw well, but boy, can he run. Okay, let's build an <laughs> offense around that. And I think you kind of have to do the same. You know, you got to put your dogs in a winning opportunity, which also goes back to you guys wanting to get them on birds right away. I think that's really smart. Um, just starts to build that natural drive. But, but um, yeah, all uh, – all. It's, it's paid off for sure. Each year we've seen those dogs grow, and um, yeah, you know, I, I, every everybody we got is is under five, and so they're really just about to hit their hit their prime, from what I would understand. And um, yeah, so we got some good years left, I think. Uh, sure. Them. Yeah. 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 Definitely. That's that's awesome to to hear that, and and. Uh, uh, I don't know, sharing your experience a little bit at least. But uh, so as as we start winding this one up, we need to hear a good hunting story. Do you have like a favorite day of bird hunting uh, out there in northern Utah that uh, comes to mind where like everything was just clicking? Yeah. Well, I tell you what. I, let me let me give you this. Let me give you this story. So when we, uh, we started getting into these dogs a few years ago, um, so we, there's a dog online, one of the dogs that we have now, uh, one of our first dogs. And so, uh, GSP, um, and and he, so he was uh, a little over a year old. He'd come out of some real good stock, um, out of central Utah. I just said around, he had a great pedigree. Let me put it that way. Sure. Um, and so, so a guy was reselling him as a, an older gentleman. He was moving to the Midwest because his, he was following his grandbabies, you know. And so he, mm. he couldn't take this dog with him. Um, he had had him out once or twice. He really didn't know much about the dog. Dog came with the collar. You know, he had all the stuff, yep. but he never hunted the dog. And so we wasn't sure if we wanted to get in the puppy business, you know, right off the bat. Yeah, so right. Well, nice to have, a, you know, it's a little over a year and. Uh, that might be a good way to start. And, uh, so he, he was he, online. He was beautiful, a beautiful dog, just real, real nice composition. And, and so, well, we thought, you know, this, this will be good. So we, we, we drive an hour. I got all my kids. I got a 12 passenger van. I got all my kids and they all pile out and here comes this, uh, this liver, you know, all liver short hair. And, uh, he is just absolutely bonkers. I mean, just wild, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so he is, you know, he's jumping over their heads and all over them. And, oh, man. uh, we, uh, they got a leash on him. And one of my, my daughters, my, one of my middle daughters, actually my youngest daughter, uh, grabbed a hold of that leash and he just nearly drug her, you know, all, oh, all through subdivision. You know? Oh man. <laughs> so we thought, what have we got ourselves into? And, uh, so he, you know, he's just, he's full of energy. Yeah. So we, we get, we get him home and, uh, hunting season's about to come. We, we got him in the summer hunting season's coming, coming along. And so we had, we had went out, we'd, ne- we'd never had him on birds, uh, at all. Uh, and okay. so, um, we, we went with a fella, uh, he had had a, he, he worked for a corporation anyways, trying to get rid of, um, he's, he had a, he had bought a bunch of, of roosters and, uh, at a club, oh, yeah. you know, yeah. Buy, these guys will buy like 800 roosters or something oh, and man. they got to shoot them by a certain amount of time. And, yeah. and so he was, uh, he was like, Hey, let's just go out and I, I'm going to have him put out 25, 30 roosters and and if you got a dog we'll take him he didn't have a dog and so i said well okay I don't, you know we don't know how he'll he'll do and uh and so can't sure not, i mean you know it's just one of those it just but <laughs> it's just because he was made to do it you know yeah so right we get him out there and he just starts locking up on pheasants just left and right that's awesome <laughs> and uh so we we just we're grateful but we you know so it was me me and my my oldest daughter had taken him and so probably our 
our best memory is that first memory her and i you know mm-hmm. hunting the yep. you know I, again these aren't wild birds but uh you know beautiful setting we're in this mountain valley and and we're just you know we just we're just shooting all of our shells you know yeah <laughs> and, uh and so we come home with a with a you know tailgate full of birds and and uh just a it, it really kind of catapulted uh bird dogs hunting and together like yeah this is you know it and it, i'm you know it that doesn't happen every day where a dog will just walk out and and get after it but yeah you know, just sure figure it out <laughs> yeah, yeah well it's it's in a way it's kind of humbling when that happens you know it's like I could sit here and, you know, watch every training video under the sun and I could, you know, be super disciplined with every night after supper, I take you out and we work for 20 minutes and, but at some point they just kind of know how to do it, you know? And I'm thankful for that because if it was totally (laughs) dependent upon me just being super disciplined, I just wouldn't, like we were talking earlier, I just wouldn't be able to, I wouldn't be able to muster it all up and and have the energy to do that, you know? So yeah. <laughs> that instinct is, is important, but it is. Yeah. Just, just molding that, but, uh, it is beautiful to watch, watch a dog do what he's made to do for sure. Um, oh yeah. I couldn't agree with you more on that. And something, bad. yeah, right. And something you said earlier, it's like, we, we want to get these dogs out doing, um, what they're made to do. And, um, I think that if someone's going to own a bird dog breed, man, are you doing your dog a big favor if you decide to hunt with them? Um, yes. You know, that's, it would be, it's like, I don't really know how to compare it, but you know, it's like if you were to live your life only being able to do the things that, you were like second, you know, it's like, (laughs) like something that's second place to you, you know, like for instance, for us hunters, I talked recently about how hiking is kind of like window shopping in nature. You know, it's like, (laughs) it's like you're, yeah, this is all great. You know, look at all this wildlife habitat. Look at all this wildlife period. And, uh, you know, but you can't hunt it when you're on the hike, you know, it's like out of season or whatever in a state, you don't have a tag or, you know, whatever the the reasons are. It's like if you were stuck in that situation perpetually, that to me is what it's like for a bird dog species that doesn't get to hunt. Yeah, no, I, I think that would be true for ours for sure. Yeah. So it's great. It's great hearing that you guys are doing all that and that you're hunting them and getting the kids involved, getting, like you said, building community, um, getting more people excited about, about, uh, you know, hunting birds in kind of an unlikely place. I think that's got to be pretty rewarding too. When you see how your influence can impact in that way. So, uh, you know, just, uh, just a great, a great thing you got going on up there in, northern utah you bet yeah yeah we're we're really thankful for sure yeah yeah, yeah. well yeah. A, a big thank you to adam for coming on for this episode i hope you guys got a little inspired about going out and viewing utah in a new way i know i did i definitely would would love to get out and chase some chucker sometime or or, uh, you know, just be able to hold a pheasant with the mountains in the background <laughs> like that incredible picture that I saw from you guys. And, uh, <clears throat> you know, I think also there's a big, um, big inspirational method or ma- method message here as well about getting your kids included in the process. I think that's that's critically important that um, – we, we try and do that and, and we try and do it the right way, not the overbearing way, not the, you know, make them hate it way, but, but Let try and find, yeah. yeah. And, and giving them a job too, you know, like you're not just this passive observer all the time while dad hunts and you just kind of, you know, but like having, you know, handle the dogs. I want to see you run them or 
Um, you're going to be in charge of uh, the the breeding side of this operation so that we can, you know, have a good bloodline that we can, um, you know, get out to the community, the local hunting community. You know, I think it's important that you've included them by giving them actual responsibilities within the, the, the process. And all of us need to do that with our own kids. I think if we have them or nieces and nephews or whoever it is that's been entrusted into our care that we can take hunting. <laughs> but, uh, so anyways, thank you a ton, Adam, for coming on. Thank you to the listeners for tuning in. Uh, do you remember the podcast is presented by Spartan forge. Uh, like I said earlier in this episode, I've been driving around and when I see a, a nice buck, I stop, pull up Spartan forge and I drop a pin, and then I try and you know zoom out, look at the bigger map. Okay, where's the, where are these bucks coming from? What are they, you know, what are they uh, doing that would make me think that maybe they're betting in in this area, or are they betting, you know, a mile away and they're just out here traveling? You know, uh, I use Spartan Forge to help me do that. That's good in-season scouting using time that's would normally just kind of be dead time of driving to and from work. Um, I'm actually using it to get some good scouting intel down. And, um, you know, you can do the same. You jump on board. You can get the free version, which is just the map, uh, the basic mapping and uh, landowner information. Or uh, what I would encourage you to do is do the yearly subscription for $59.99 get all 50 states and uh, it's just a, a tremendous resource you can even use it I used it while I was pheasant hunting uh, last week I found a whole new brand you know fr- brand new fresh scrape line that I could mark out and uh, it, it was enough that I'm planning to put a tree stand there and it's going to be a lot easier since I marked stuff um, you know, on, on Spartan Forge while I was pheasant hunting, kind of an unlikely thing. And then, uh, also if you have some, uh, hunting dreams of your own, if you'd like to go out to Utah or, uh, maybe up to Alaska or down, you know, into the swamps of Louisiana or whatever it is you want to do, Alex Gruen of East West Hunts will plan that hunt for you. Um, Caleb and I are using Alex to plan our Nebraska mule deer hunt that's coming up here very soon. Um, and uh, we're running gear from him. You can do all that too. And let's be honest, if you don't like really take some big steps towards tackling some of these dream hunts, they're probably not going to happen. <laughs> so <clears throat> make sure that uh, you take advantage. Go to eastwesthunts.com, request a free consultation from Alex. <clears throat> and then if you decide to book something through Alex, um, tell him that you heard about him from this podcast and you'll receive 10% off, which is a really nice gift. A gift that you can take to your taxidermist, and hopefully your taxidermist is Old Barn Taxidermy. And uh, Old Barn is a sponsor of this show. They believe in what we're doing here, and I believe in Old Barn. Just legendary quality that goes on and comes out of that shop. Uh, I still have, I'm still waiting to get a buck to take in there this year. I, I've taken uh, a buck there every year since 2020, I think. So uh, you have, uh, uh, you know, the unique opportunity this fall to say, you know what, I really, Kent's been talking a lot about this old barn tax around. I'm going to give him a shot. Do it. Please do. Um, <clears throat> just had a listener drop off five deer. Uh, at Old Barn recently. And if you need to mail it, you can do that as well. Just give them a call and find out all the details for that. Uh, but you'll be so glad you went with them. Very high quality work, museum quality work, really. And uh, you don't want bad tax derby. Uh, you know, the re- the other people that live in your house, they don't want you to get bad tax derby either. Not because they'll feel bad for you. They'll feel bad for themselves. They got to look at it. So do it the right way. Go to Old Barn Taxidermy and uh, get yourself set up with a trophy that you'll be pleased to look at for the rest of your life. <clears throat> I promise you every day I get a little a little mood booster by looking at my two mounts that I have on my living room wall. And I bet I'd spend, you know, a good 20, 25 minutes uh, every day staring <laughs> at those things, just admiring them. 
and uh, appreciating the quality work that I got at Old Barn Tax Marine. Tell them, please, that I sent you there. That really helps me out. And uh, uh, I, I truly hope that you will check them out. Oh, man, what a what a cool episode. What a interesting conversation about something that that is really kind of outside the, the box for, you know, what I think most people think of as being a hunting option in, in Utah. So thanks again, Adam. And again, thank you to our listeners. Until next time, take care and take someone hunting.